Oh, Nate, uh, you're not going to believe this, man. Uh, I mean, it's it's totally unlike me, but I am not prepared at all. Uh, I I'm shocked. I I'm shocked. I I I say, uh, uh, was that good enough to keep my job? Sure. Uh, look, so I, I came up with a plan. Consultants. Okay, it's coming out of your pay, but okay. No, 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 it's cool. I found this cash box in the back that I can totally use for stuff like this. I just got to make sure that I put it back by the end of the month. This has never went wrong for anyone. No, certainly not. Certainly not. Certainly not the previous owner who wound up in Carbonite, but that's fine. Is that what happened to Bruce? Enjoy your stay. I suggest a new strategy. You just really belong here with us, fucking club. Don't get excited. Welcome back, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars and gaming. I'm your host and administrator of this facility, Michael Morris, and of course, your other host, Nathan Butler. Hey, everybody. And our consultant slash guest for this episode, uh, Matthew Bradley Shergi, and he is from the Sequel Cast Two. Hi, how are you doing? Hey, man. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna keep us on track with uh, our Battlefront news today? Yeah, you know, I, I was listening to some of your old episodes and then hearing uh, Nate complain about the cost of characters, and I had. It just happens to be a game I've played for a while because I can play it while I'm listening to a podcast or whatever just to unwind after work. So I figured I can um, you know, give you whatever updates you want. I'm not sure when is the last time you talked about, about Battlefront 2, so how far back you want to go with the new characters and stuff. But yeah, that is why I'm here. Okay, sweet. So yeah, I mean, we talked about it a couple months ago. But I know there's there's been a couple things that have come up. Uh, let's see, like rolling back here. I know there's um, let's see, somewhere around the time that uh, Anakin came in, I think is the, the right. Last yeah, like thing. we spoke about it, but we spoke about it not from either of us having played recently. So it was sort of a this is what's okay. been happening with the Clone Wars. But aside from just you know, looking at the numbers of what it takes to unlock uh, Grievous, Obi-Wan, and so on. I mean, we didn't really delve too much into it other than just, you know, here's what the roadmap says is going on, um, because he hadn't played in a while, and I've basically stopped playing Battlefront 2 at this point. So um, from a, a first-hand perspective, we were, kind, we were very hands-off uh, the last time we talked about it. So I think maybe starting with the Clone Wars, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, and um, so I, I believe that the first one of those was uh, General Grievous, I think, looking at my notes, does that sound right? Yeah. And they also did, like, the map? Okay, yeah, uh, we can do that, sure. Um, yeah, so uh, just, I guess, jumping right into it, um, Star Wars Battlefront Two, as you know, is a game plagued with problems, but within the last six months, I think they've really tried to make it better. It's still not where it should be. Um, and one of the first of the, the as you said, the, the Clone Wars updates is um, they did a, a Geonosis map, which is, is weird. You know, it, it you it, it's big. It has sort of little mountains on it. It's a good map if you're like a sniper uh, kind of character. 
I think it's uh, what I think it's called like a specialist in the game or something. But um, uh, it is used for you know that is a new map added for Galactic Assault, and um, you think of all all the things they could have done from the prequel trilogy to add as a map. Um, I understand why they did Geonosis, but also like it, it just kind of looks like Mars. Like everything is kind of red. I wish they would have picked um, like Mustafar. I think would have been visually a more interesting location. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Um, now that is you said it's for Galactic Assault mode. So, and I've seen gameplay. Right. I haven't actually tried this one myself um, because it's not on the hard drive anymore. But um, is that the only game mode they've basically uh, worked in? For the Clone Wars update, I know there was some talk about, well, maybe no, we'll oh, see yeah. some other game modes, or did it start as Galactic Assault and then expand from there? I, that's, Galactic Assault's the only one I've actually heard of for Geonosis, but I'm assuming they must have, surely they, they branched out rather than keeping it to one mode. Correct, yeah, no, they, you're absolutely right on the money, I think, with the second thing you said there. The uh, Galactic Assault um, was how it launched, and then they, they added it to, I believe, the... Um, it's in the blast mode, and the problem is it's not very good for that kind of like a deathmatch map, because when you go and uh, it, it, it's such a large map, kind of like oh, um, kind of like that Phantom Menace uh, feed map or whatever, where it's just it's too big for a deathmatch kind of scenario where you want kind of closer quarters for people to fight. Right. Now, do, do they have the arena on the map though? For the for GNS? Uh, no, no, that, that's a great point. The arena, like you think, that'd be a natural for multiplayer, or especially deathmatch, but they don't. It's just a, the exterior of the planet, and um, when you're doing galactic assault, the, the the goals you have are trying to take down the the big ships, um, these big kind of enemy ships in the background, or if you're the opposite side, you're trying to defend them. And it feels, frankly, a bit half-assed, if I may use right. such language on this. Yeah, no, show. absolutely. I think that's uh, okay. warranted. So, so ass is safe. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Around our games, bugs a perimeter create. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, like that. And um, that's good though that they have the new map in there. So now, am I understanding right? As they rolled this out, they rolled this out basically as the beginning of a season. As you said, Grievous was the first character brought in. That's right. Um, yep. So is 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 there anything specific to that particular map that you can't do anywhere else? Like, um, you know, any ships that just don't show up anywhere else, any heroes that don't show up anywhere else, or is it just like any other map where they just, you know, it just happens to be a map for a particular set of modes, and every new ship or whatever they introduce is available kind of across the board, um, as we'd usually see? Um. That's a great question. I don't know to that specificity, but I, I will say that the one thing that's different, I would say if I was to compare it to another Galactic Assault map, it is closest to Hoth, because in Hoth, the objective is trying to take down the AT-ATs for the most part, and in this one, instead, you're taking some um, separatist ship down by getting a special gun that you can shoot that then makes it uh, kind of like an ion cannon effect, where then you can have other troops attack it while it's temporarily uh, disabled. Um, kind of like the so, tanks in Seed where you have to zap them before you yes, can attack yeah, them? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep, yep. So that same sort of similar mechanic. Uh, I would I would say as far as the um, the way it goes with the uh, overall tactics on the map, there's a little bit of verticality with, with some of the cliffs, 
but not as much as, as I would have liked. It, it something feels just very um, bland about it, and th- and that's too bad because I think of the end of you know Star Wars Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, and that's really the first time in the Star Wars saga we've seen a big, epic. Uh, battle with ground troops and ships and all this stuff going on on a planet's surface, and I just don't think it conveys that scope very well. It feels like something is missing. Yeah, I mean, and my thing is, like I was saying earlier, now, I mean, I understand if you want to try to do, you know, if your idea is, hey, let's do a um, a, a, a big scale, you know, large scale battle or whatever, but to me, especially as playing as, as a ground troop, I think it would be much more fun to center, you know, the, the center point of, of the map would be the arena, and you can actually have, yeah, yeah, you know, where you have these back tunnels essentially, you know, so you can actually run and go out to the little pedestal where Dooku was. You can maybe run out into the stands, um, <clears throat> you know, you can run back to the droid factory. Like that, to me, that just seems like a no brainer. Um, I just I, I don't. Yeah, I mean the, the, the droid factory. What a great idea because there you could you know even that that was the part of Attack of the Clones. It was they did it in the reshoots that felt the most like a video game, right? You have all the pistons right. and stuff stopping everywhere, and they're all dodging around. You could have a lot of environmental uh, sort of traps in there. People could have to navigate as they're trying to hunt down the other people. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's there's a lot of potential for geonosis, so they don't they don't quite get there. I mean, it, it's. It's better than, than nothing, but in some ways, kind of the flatness of it reminds me of the Star Wars Clone Wars game on the PlayStation 2. Yep, I actually, that's, uh, I, I remember beating that game, um, and it was, I mean, it, it was kind of fun, it was cool, because there wasn't a whole lot else at the time that could really, uh, you know, bring that, but at the same time, it also was kind of bland, and, you know, especially, I think, the last battle, I remember... I mean, don't you fight like a stationary boss? I think so. Yeah, it's sort of disappointing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it was okay, but the thing is, that was what, like, twenty years ago, almost. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right, and and also, like, you would, the Star Wars saga is so big. You you think uh, they could just do more than add one major map. Um, as I said, they, they do have Geonosis. I think it's in blast mode or one of those other modes. And they didn't really, like, change the map at all. It's not radi- it's not optimized for Deathmatch, which is supposed to be more intimate, uh, right. um, you, you know, combat between it. I don't know if it's, like, 16 on 16 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what I would really love to see is an additional, like, Starfighter map. I think that's one of the better modes in the game. And I grew up uh, loving, I think like you guys did, the X-Wing and TIE Fighter games on the computer. Yep. And and getting to do um, more of that, even even have like you could do a Starfighter map like on the asteroid field from Empire Strikes Back or something. Oh, yeah. Could yeah. be a cool idea, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, all sorts of things. I mean, and you could even do where it's like it could be kind of different but still interesting. Um, I'll, I always remember from the... Um, the old star tours where you kind of fly through like the they're almost like um ice asteroid crystals that you sort of fly through i don't know if you ever saw that or you know know what i'm talking about um it looked very trek as i recall the the ice crystals in space but yes i know exactly what you're talking about the original yeah. star mm-hmm. tours so i mean i think that's something where it's like yeah it's you know not too different from the asteroid field but like trying to come up with ideas and stuff that I think 
you know, give you a little bit more um, diversity and, and, you know, something more than just like, eh, here's Blant. Because to me, like, you know, going back to the whole Geonosis thing, it's like, oh, okay, so we basically just, you know, hey, it's Tatooine, but, you know, we put a sepia filter on it. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> you know, like. No, I mean, yeah, you're right. It, it's not. It, you just want something more, and that you pick sort of a, a, a dull red planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, they can even make it so you can play as a, I don't recall the name of the alien race, but you know, some of those like insect guys flying around the planet. Yeah, the, like, the, the well, sort of neat. Yeah. Now, to be fair, though, you know, just thinking mm-hmm. about this, um, most of the Star Wars environments that we see within the films are basically kind of one-trick ponies, right? Right, I mean, right. You know, yeah, Tatooine, exactly. it's yeah, the yeah. desert. Uh, Hoth, sure. it's the snow fields and such. And um, war is a forest, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I mean, they can they can change it up a little bit. Like, Kashyyyk felt like certain areas were a bit different than others and that sort of thing, depending on whether you were inside the hangar and that sort of thing. Uh, Hoth got a chance to feel a little bit different because the battles inside the base feel different than the battles outside in terms of just the look and feel of it and, uh, you know, cover and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where it's kind of like of all the film locations they could have used, what hadn't they used and most of the stuff that they could have grabbed, it's not necessarily going to be the most, you know, visually impressive in a video game because they are sort of the one trick environment. I almost feel like if they grab things from maybe like grab some stuff from the Clone Wars cartoon series if you want some Clone Wars era stuff because there's a lot more diverse, colorful environments in that series than necessarily we saw in the films where um, maybe they're not more complex, but, you know, give us something uh, on Umbara or something, you know, straight out of the Clone Wars. Oh, God, Umbara would be amazing. With the the creatures and everything. Um, But if they're sticking to film locations, I mean, they're kind of, they'd be kind of limited, particularly if they're trying to stick each environment with its particular era um to some degree because then you know like we don't have first order stormtroopers fighting on geonosis um that the look of them changes for star killer base and that sort of thing so, so I, it just kind of feels like, like they're they're working with a limited palette which you wouldn't think with star wars would be an issue but well i when have you're looking at something for a video game i have a counter argument though um okay because yeah i, I get what you're saying nate but they do have unique elements to them that I think that's where you have to remember, like, you know, you can go, oh, Hoth, it's just an ice planet. But, okay, sure, but, like, what what parts of, of Hoth actually make it more memorable? You know, like the sort of mm. the, the ice tunnels, the, um, you know, the Rancor, not Rancor, I'm a dum-dum, uh, the Wampa layer, Wampa. you know, um, same thing, like I said, you know, with Genosha uh, is the whole, uh, the arena, you know, like I, I think there are elements of it, you know, for instance, the um, the Ewoks village in uh, on Endor. Like, I, I think it's it's finding, OK, what is it about this planet that does make it unique and not just, you know, here you go. Here's generic biome and, and let people have fun with that. And what can we afford, given the fact that we're not charging for DLC anymore? <laughs> True. Oh, crap. Yeah, yeah. But that's a big part. I mean, obviously, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is not EA's number one priority, uh, nor should it be. In fact, I'm a bit surprised we are not going to get, like, a Battlefront 3 before Episode 9 comes out. Um, instead, from what I've been, you know, understanding of my main source is the, uh, the Reddit on Star Wars Battlefront has uh, some of the community managers at EA uh, posting stuff a lot. 
is that they're just going to be doing more more content. So I assume we'll get some kind of tie-in for Episode Nine uh, down the line uh, when that movie comes out. Hopefully, we'll see a damn trailer pretty soon uh, for that movie. Just give me a VR mode and I'll reinstall the game. I promise. <laughs> EA. Give us a VR mode like you did for the first one. So, it's right, so that's the map. The that's the environment. Oh. Um, yep. What about, so we've got um, Grievous added now, Obi-Wan yep. added, and Anakin. Uh, and Dooku also counted. Yeah. Um, yep, so so I, how I, do they play? Yeah. What distinguishes them? Right. Um, yeah. I, not, not necessarily the cost. I mean, I've ranted about the cost for a casual player to jump back in and unlock any of them is way too much time. But assuming you get your hands on them, um, how do they play? Do they play differently enough um, for someone who's trying to decide which one they might want to unlock? Is there anything that stands out? Um, what about the characters? Sure. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great transition there. And, uh, um, you know, with all the characters in the Clone Wars, um, that they focus on the Clone Wars, I think, is smart because the cartoon is, has been on for so many seasons. And plus, we're getting a new one on the Disney Plus service, uh, I think, later this year or something like that. Um, and so I'll just go in order, kind of describing the characters, and I'll give kind of my top pick I would recommend. I, I, I will say, when they introduced um, Anakin Skywalker back in February, everyone that logs in, I don't know if this is a limited-time thing, but you can claim 60,000 credits for free in the crate. So that, that can get... Now, those characters are 35,000 apiece, but um, to get the extra 10,000 points, you know, you could you know, qualify to get basically like two characters with not that much extra work. Interesting. Not yeah. sure I'm going to install it again, but <laughs> maybe no. It, but it, it 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 leans me towards it's an that direction. Gig download, yeah, it's an 80 yeah. gig download. It is I the biggest you could game that the was on my hard drive stuff. at the time. Yeah. I, I bet, yeah. Um, with all your uh, PS4 pros breaking or whatever, um, yeah, exactly. but that's a separate. Exactly. Download it again for the first <laughs> yeah. time. Right. Um, but back to yeah, the the things we'll start. I'll just go in order of. Um, I think this is release. If not, you can correct me. But that's fine. General Grievous um, is one of my favorite prequel characters just because he's he's kind of quirky. He has he he coughs. I'm asthmatic, so maybe that's why I like him. Um, and he has uh, three moves here that are unique. One is called Thrust Surge, and it's where he draws out all four sabers and kind of charges towards the uh, direction you're pointed in. Um, you have unrelenting advances which he has the sabers and starts twirling them really fast which can block a lot of laser fire and most amusingly there is claw rush where he gets on all fours or all six limbs or whatever and just charges like a spider really fast and it's a good way to escape a battle um at the end of that move he kind of jumps up and does an offensive attack so th those are the moves that grievous has um and and he is a relatively popular character in heroes versus villain mode and i, I like that his um special moves are, are, are pretty unique they're not very cookie cutter account to coup I, I think is very is is i've noticed like one of the most popular thank you uh one of the most popular characters and he um and i think part of it is he has a mix of like dark jedi of like the emperor like plus a lightsaber right so he has lightning stun which does lightning attack that knocks down uh, the other player, um, he does one that's called Expose Weakness that slows um, players that are around him, and it ups the damage he does for a limited time. And most interestingly, he does Duelist, which puts him in a more offensive stance, and it changes like the attributes of his attacks uh, for a limited time. So, I mean, it sounds like he's almost like maybe a mix between Vader I mean, and... and when you're the characters... 
Yeah, right. Yeah, you can mix between the different um, attacks and stances. And they're supposed to be doing more uh, changes to the lightsaber combat to make it more staggered, make it less of a button mashy thing. Um, and so, like, Doku is, is pretty high in my list as a recommendation. I think he's very, very interesting. They added a, a new uh, costume for him recently. Um, that is his pajamas that he wore for a few episodes of <laughs> in the Clone Attack Wars? of the, clon- of the uh, cartoon. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. That is so, you know, so... A, a it, qu- it is. Like a quick it little aside. It is a great to Christopher Lee as well. <laughs> well, a, a quick little aside, that is, because uh, I'm in the 501st, that is a an approved 501st costume because... He wore it in Star Wars. It's something really? that can be, yeah. And and we actually have a guy in the Georgia Garrison who has that costume approved, um, and it, it's fantastic because, hey, man, if it's in Star Wars, and you can replicate it, like it's approved, you know. So it's, yeah, shortly shortly after the uh, Count Doku character came out, they uh, on on Reddit someone did a, a Photoshop of a fake um, costume idea where he would be a dentist being the, the cameo he had. Oh my God. Burton and Willy Wonka. (laughs) And it was really well done. Like it, it, it it looked like the real thing as far as I'm concerned. I kind of wish they'd put more silly stuff like that in there, but that we got pajamas is pretty miraculous enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm, I've always loved the Dooku character. I think he's very interesting and, um, you know, want to know more about him. So I'm, I'm happy that the, uh, you know, we've got the book. Nate, you would know. What's the name of the book that's coming out? It's supposed to dive more into his past. Is or that one just an audio book or is it? Yeah, is, I thought it maybe it's just an audio book. Is that right or no? No, I think it's um, an actual like uh, book book. Is I, it? I've, okay. seen, I've seen some people, oh, right. I think, have already gotten it. But I, I could be wrong on that. But I, I've, I mean, I've got Master. If you're thinking of Master and Apprentice, that's Obi-Wan Qui-Gon. Nope, 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 nope. I'm not sure what you're talking about as far as Dooku goes. but Count Dooku on the, on the cover, but I'm not... Um... I've oh, then you're talking about the audio. Yeah, that's probably the audio book. The audio, the audio oh, drama. Audiobook. Okay, their first official yeah, yeah, audio yeah, yeah, yeah. drama. Okay, uh, well, I guess I'm right. Yeah. Okay, I guess I yeah. misunderstood that. So that, but that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that's the case. Um, and and I, and I want to check that out. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's cool. You know, and it seems like Dooku is definitely a mix between like Vader and uh, Palpatine, which is really cool i think add more. yeah yeah which fits and, and it's worth noting that um the people doing the voices for these clone wars characters are the same people that did the voices in the cartoon uh which which is a nice touch so you know that makes them sound authentic um because it's a pretty damn good christopher lee impersonation in the cartoon for doku Right for Burton, Corey Burton. I think it's it's funny we mentioned this as as a as sort of a hybrid of characters because if this was a fighting game, we'd be sitting back saying, oh, "This character is just these two other characters combined. Can't they get more creative?" Only in, in this case, it's <laughs> that's like, right. but, hey, but this, this is, is actually creative. pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it's pretty cool. And my, uh, if I may, I, I can do an okay Count uh, Doku impression. I'm trying to think of something to say. Hey. Uh, hello and welcome to Cloud City Casino. <laughs> nice. Okay, maybe that's not decent, but all right. So we'll move on. <laughs> hey, it's better than my impersonations. I I uh, I do them sometimes. I think Nate just wants to quit right then and there. I mean, no no more than usual, but uh, I think it at least okay. spars the <laughs> the moment. I'll do two more really quick. I'll do I'll do Yoda. We're doing not There's no try. And um, I was going to do another one, but I'll keep on going in the interest of time. 
So we got two more other characters uh, for the Clone Wars update uh, season. One is Obi Wan Kenobi, which that he didn't that the game didn't ship with Obi Wan is a pretty glaring omission, don't you think? Uh, shipping with him, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mm, it's it's like I feel like I think if you're gonna. Put, four out of the six movies, and yeah. he's in all the movies if you count his ghost form. At yeah, the first ta- six I mean, films. yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. It's one that, like, it just depends. Like, I, I get they were, you know, lie relying much more heavily on the, um, you know, the the uh, OT era. So I kind of get it from that aspect. But then once you uh, you don't, you know, once you kind of go back, I get that he definitely is one that you should jump in, but. The one thing that I would say is, okay, which, you know, which Obi Wan are we gonna uh, put? Because he his appearance changes relatively yes. drastically through you know the first three, uh, or the, you know the the three prequel films. Now see, right. see gains, what you do. He gains more and more facial hair. You bring him in at the beginning, right? You bring him in as his a New Hope version, and either you go with like the uh, ah. the Galaxy of Adventures type thing they're doing on YouTube where. It, it doesn't have to actually match, so he could have been, like, jumping around like some kind of crazy, like, Jet Li, Bruce Lee kind of guy. And that'd be totally uh-huh. fine because, you know, Vader is doing, like, ground pound smashes from way up on Cloud City and crap in Star Wars uh, or Galaxy of Adventures. Or you do the opposite. You make him a very reserved Alec Guinness Obi-Wan who just kind of walks very softly and so forth. And he just stands there in, like, an attack stance. And then all of a sudden, blink and you'll miss it, you're dead. Like, Maul. In Rebels, and that could like be his mm. special move. His special move is, that you, and and it's cost effective because you don't have to spend a lot of time uh, creating different animations for the character because he just stands still until you attack, and then you're dead. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with that. Like maybe, um... right? Which brings us on on to Obi Wan. His move set is is really disappointing because I do like Obi Wan Kenobi as a character, and um, well, while Alec Guinness was great and iconic. Uh, uh, Ewan McGregor really um, brought a lot of life, I think, to that character, and, I, and he had, frankly, much more dialogue in the prequels. So, yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi, he had a dimension. Um, his his moves, he does a all out push, which pushes people around him. That just feels kind of lazy. Like I think Luke has a similar power. He does right. a defensive rush, which makes me laugh out loud. Where he just charges towards the other person, swinging his lightsaber wildly. It, it just looks half finished, and that's like you can already kind of do that if you jam on the attack button. Like I'm not sure why that has to be a special move. And the third one, which actually is useful, is restrictive mind trick, in which it disables the abilities of um, uh, enemy units around you, and it makes them so they're not able to dodge for a limited time. And that one, tactically, um, especially in the heroes versus villains mode, is quite effective if you want to disable a group of bad guys and then take them out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it sounds good, but I, I do understand, you know, being more limited with the Jedi. Um, however, I think that, like, as a game designer, it's it's your job to try to think outside of the box and try to think of um, some things that are more um, interesting. Like, for instance, I think it'd be great. Like, okay, if you're gonna do Obi Wan, like, what's one of his his more iconic things? And that's when he does the, you know, sort of does like the. Uh, the back flip up and slashes at uh, Maul. Okay, make him do that. Have him, you know, where he sort of flips over, mm, you know, target yeah. target the enemy, flip behind them, and do a slash. 
Or where he like gets into a right. stance and says, hello there. And then everybody runs like hell. Like, <laughs> you have no choice but to run. Yeah, or maybe maybe he does um, something where he jumps up real high, throws you into the ground hard and says, I have the high ground. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's, or, I mean, there's with, with, with Obi-Wan, you've got a lot of stuff from the Clone Wars that you could use with either Obi-Wan or Anakin that would give them different abilities. Things like the, the exaggerated sure. jumping, for instance, that's done for traversal. In the Clone Wars yes. cartoon yeah, series, yeah, sure, stuff like right. that yeah, is taken as a given. So you yeah, know. right, it'll make you catch up to the other guys faster. Yeah, no, that, that's a great idea. Like too many of the abilities uh, for the hero units in this game are are, are just overly offensive. You know, it's just all offense. And, and there's uh, the Jedi or whatever characters have so many other abilities that mm-hmm. um, I'd like to see more stuff. Kind of the Jedi equivalent of Boba Fett's jetpack, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure how Grievous got on there with his abilities. I mean. I mean, the, the thrust surge and unrelenting advance, that sounds like mm, not good in this era of Me Too. Well, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Where, where's Bill? As, uh, as, 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 yeah. uh, as Joe Biden is finding as he's playing with Grievous and being told off every time. Uh, I think the phrase no? is grab them by the Jedi. Is that right? <laughs> oh, my um, God. Oh, okay. Oh, Lord. That's, yeah, you'll probably want to cut that one. Okay. So in, in the <laughs> grab them by the dark side? Those... No, no. Oh my God! I'm... We have the best characters. Okay, we have the um, best spoons. So believe me. Lisa, tell Jordan. Lisa, want to use to do this? Yeah. Okay. One, <laughs> two. Yeah. Why? Like Jar Jar Binks would be a fun hero character, but they haven't done that. But let's move on to the chosen one update, which is the big, the big, you know, the last of the four heroes that we've got in this Clone Wars season, as Anakin Skywalker, and, and he is, uh, I, I think, right now very unbalanced. He is too powerful. And, but he's easy to level up if you want to upgrade his abilities because he his attacks affect multiple people. So one of Anakin's uh, special powers is heroic impact. He does a big push. It's a bigger area of attack than Obi-Wan's. Um, then he does retribution, uh, which is a bit weird where he you have to defeat a lot of enemies or make a lot of attacks to charge up this meter. And then once you um, you use it, he does kind of the Darth Vader uh, choke grip on who's ever around him. Um, and his, he has actually four abilities, not three like other people. He has one called Pull Domination. Um, or uh, That's pretty close to what it is. I can't read my handwriting. And he pulls everyone towards him. So it's like he's pulling in the prey to come in for a kill. And his, his strength overall is very, very high. He's a very, um, very, very aggressive unit. And in fact, uh, for all of these Clone Wars units, like the other hero units in the game, if you're face, if you're fighting other units, they'll say unique lines of dialogue. I guess if you play on Tatooine or, or one of those uh, sand planets, Anakin will complain about the sand and how he hates it. <laughs> so there's been a lot of care done, and I appreciate that with these characters. It's Clone Wars, which is a pretty recent. I mean, for some some of the younger listeners. You know, Clone Wars is what they grew up on. That's the Star Wars they know. Right. And that they use the voices of the people from the cartoon, I think, was a smart choice. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. I'm actually kind of surprised that they didn't try to bring Ahsoka into it. Um, for all the drawing power that that character Great has. Point. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's just a question right. of how how they're kind of going for more of like not quite photorealistic, but much more of a realistic look. Right. And aside from a few Fantasy Flight Games cards, I don't know that we've ever really seen Ahsoka given a 
you know, a more realistic. No, I mean we have several times. Uh, I mean, um, perfect example. Often, perfect example is the the Hasbro action figure, which they do with three D designing. So, be like, oh, there you go. Hey, Hasbro, give us that file. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also on the other hand, you could uh, like, why not uh, pitch something to Star Wars Legends and do Mara Jade or something, right? Uh, honestly, I think that could potentially. No. Just because I think that that that's something where it's like, ooh, what will this mean? You know, mm. sometimes I, I think that's a, a question of like, hey, is this a good idea or is it not? I know that's. <clears throat> I think that a lot of people will be conflicted on it because there's probably several people who go, what? No, they they totally should like. But I I kind of understand that by doing so, what are what are you saying? Because I feel like that right. you may have some it's like people. What, it's that, like what we were talking about with X Wing. Right. Where as they're going through and they're putting out these conversion kits to let you play with your old stuff that was released before the reboot in second edition after the reboot, a lot of the Legends characters, the more recognizable Legends characters, as opposed to ones that are, you know, very, very minor, um, have been removed. They're not showing up as ship cards anymore uh, in some cases, or they're replaced by ship cards of characters that are now from canon, like characters from Lost Stars and that sort of thing. Um, They seem to be drawing a line. At least for Fantasy Fight, you know, the company that had the least clear line with most of their product lines because of them existing before and after the reboot. Um, it seems like they're starting to draw a line. So if they're drawing the line, I would imagine EA is probably under some level of instruction not to to do that sort of thing. Although it would be it would be cool. Um, I, I mean, cross it over and bring us the entire roster of Masters of Terrorist Kasi, if only so that we can have the announcer. Um, constantly referring to to uh, whore the character H O A R again. <laughs> oh, Nate, you're so obsessed with that too, To keep that joke alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you could also, you know, now that um, Disney owns Star Wars, now they own Fox. You could have like uh, Marge Simpson or the Alien Queen as characters. There you go. Just do like they did with Soul Calibur and just start bringing in <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, other right. characters from different <laughs> universes into it. There you go. I mean, it's not like there's a story to Battlefront 2 anyway, with the exception of its actual campaign. But any of these types of game modes, there's no story. You've got characters bouncing between eras. Why not between properties? Um, you know, sure. to get some kind yeah, of good licensing that's... deal going on to save your reputation, EA. I mean, uh, to, uh, to, to enhance the game. That's what I meant. All right. I mean, because uh, Peter Griffin is the best Jedi of all, right? Sure. Okay, like little Stewie so. running around and attacking. Yeah, do an Ewok hunt, but replace the Ewoks with Stewie, and he's the one that's trying to kill you. <laughs> oh, my God. We Hunter are so far afield. Um, <laughs> so yeah, which, uh, which wraps up the Clone Wars uh, major updates. With this mode, they were promising late 2018, but we only just got it in March. Their main reason for delaying uh, me being on the show is Capital Supremacy. It's a new mode, um, and I have to admit, this is pretty disappointing. So... Really? Uh, that, that was what actually I heard that and I actually thought I might jump back in, even if only for a short time to tr- to play Capital Supremacy. So it's not all it's cracked up to be? Well, well here you go. So I, I'm going to describe how it works. Um, I do like that it has kind of a bigger scale, but it, it's more, it's kind of like a spinoff of Galactic Assault, except there's uh, two different phases. So this, this is strictly set in the Clone Wars. You only have one Geonosis map. But they have additional maps planned for uh, April, May, and June of 2019. So right now it's only one map you can play. Um, you can be the Separatist or the Republic side. 
and I believe it even limits the heroes to heroes from the Clone Wars era, which is interesting. So uh, you start out on the ground, and uh, you have five command post uh, command points you can capture. Once you get at least three of them, you start accumulating points over time, maybe one every few seconds. And when you reach 50 points, then you have to board your transport ship and you go aboard the Star Destroyer of the opposing side. Then once you're in uh, the invasion phase, you're inside the enemy Star Destroyer, and your initial objective is to... Um, initially, I, you, you take control of these things to, to unlock the doors... So you have to go around an area and wait until you defend it enough uninterrupted to capture it. And then you do the final thing, which is you kind of take out the big engine um, to destroy it. If you don't destroy it in the time limit time, then you go back on the planet and you have to capture the command points for 50 points again until you get back in the ship. But at least when you're back in the ship, it picks up where it leaves off. So what this means is that these matches in this new Capital Supremacy mode can last longer than... Um, uh, galactic Assault, right? It can go like easily like 40 minutes sometimes if it's a big push and pull between the two different sides. Now, as far as that goes, so, it, it's, so it's basically like you're playing, and I'm trying to think of which mode this was. I guess it was in the original Battlefront where you had the stuff where you, uh, you work your way through several phases in space and then you wound up being able to do like the trench run and that sort of thing. So it's more like, here's a phase, now we fade out, fade back in, now here's the next phase, when you're going from ground to space, you mentioned getting on transports. So it's not like the original Battlefronts where you would just hop in a Starfighter and then fly up in gameplay in the Starfighter and then board the ship. It's much more just kind of seg segmented off, essentially, so that it's not it's not a seamless gameplay transition. Like, you're not flying the transport to get up there, right? You're just, you know, it's like an animation. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's an animation, and it, I, I, I think you hit the nail right in the head there, Nate. It's... It's really um, uh, a letdown there. This mode, in my opinion, is begging for a space combat segment. Because uh, even if all your, even if the objective was just like, you know, kill fifth or survive for two minutes or something, it would add so much flavor to it. I mean, an idea of like a multi-phase battle that I think is done better than this mode was in the Death Star expansion to um, Battlefront 1 on the PS4 and uh, Xbox One where it had you go, it had you, like, do dogfighting, then you did, like, a, a mode on foot with the troopers, and then you went know, back in the dogfighting with the trench run. So, okay, cool. Um, so that's all Clone Wars stuff. we got a few things coming up with the new um, maps coming up in the next few months. Um, have they announced anything as far as, I mean, I haven't caught it, uh, if they have, but have they announced anything as far as what's happening after Clone Wars, or right now is that their primary focus? Yeah, so I think maybe as recently as this week perhaps they've updated the, what they call the, the road map and you can find that on the Star Wars Battlefront 2 website um, they have mentioned in April, May and June each of those months should uh, correspond with the launch of a separate new map for this mode um, however they haven't said what those maps will be also thrown in there is an update for heroes versus villains mode um, which is one of the heroes only mode and it's they're going to be changing um uh, apparently a lot with how that mode works and how you score points, but there's no more details as far as that goes. Um, so I, I, I believe the, the, the Star Wars thing, you know, it, it sounds like Clone Wars will keep us going at least through the beginning of summer, 
And what they do after that, I don't know. They could tie in stuff with Star Wars Rebels. They could tie stuff in with uh, maybe some of the other shows that are coming to Disney Plus, like The Mandalorian. Or they could tie things into Episode Nine, which I think is pretty inevitable. So, um, although I appreciate that EA is doing all these updates for Star Wars Battlefront, uh, it, it's I feel like they could have done more, and perhaps that sounds a bit greedy. If I was to recommend uh, listeners uh, get a specific hero, I would recommend maybe Count Dooku, uh, followed by um, Anakin. Um, so there, there you go. Cool. Maybe they could do something um, related to resistance, and like for the first two-thirds of the match, you're just playing a generic right. sci-fi shooter, <laughs> and then it remembers it's Star Wars for the back third. Ouch. Uh, or something yeah, I, like I, I think, that. Yeah, maybe maybe it's you you can explore the uh, the kind of um, oh, what do you call it? Kind of like the the little the the the, the, the training posts they're stationed on, and you can't do anything for the first two thirds of the map. Exactly. And then the last, Although, yeah, right. They've you, got you some uh, they got some it's water like, combat in some of the later episodes, so maybe that'd be you know, give us some underwater combat. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. You know, you could. You could use that as a as a gateway to it, though. Again, that doesn't really make use of existing mechanics, so it seems like it'd be less likely um, under the current funding model and whatnot. Unfortunately. Sure. Um, so, all right. So, I, you know, I hope this information uh, to your show was was useful yeah, about Star Wars sure. Battlefront. And if I can plug something really quick, uh, my podcast is Sequel Cast Two, and one of the shows we do is on Star Wars droids. We're halfway through looking at that short-lived series and um i had never really seen it before my co-host william thrasher had and i i think it's okay it has some interesting things in there but it's surprising how many references were made to that show throughout uh the prequel movies in particular right right now are you going to be at celebration no no i'm not okay all right well that's unfortunate uh i know nate's not going to be going either but i will be there for sure okay Right, great. Thank you very much for being on. Uh, we appreciate it, especially since we haven't really touched it so much recently. I think that gives us a much better sense of what's going on for, for Battlefront and its current roadmap. Right, so I guess with, with the, the update I gave you, are you tempted to re-download all 80 gigs of Star Wars Battlefront 2? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not yet. I'm, not at okay, this I point, think it's but fair. you never know. Yeah. I, I imagine maybe, you know, once they finally do their last updates maybe i'll i'll re-download it to see to just get an impression of how everything has ended versus how it began and maybe i don't know that's I'll, still a lot of gigs for I'll, something that uh i doubt that i'll play much of but we, hey we've got both playstation pro playstation 4 pros back now so surely one of them's got room for it and maybe this time when i put the disc in it won't kill the system <laughs> good luck uh, one can one can only hope may the force be with you all right thanks guys <laughs> appreciate it brother thanks so mentioning Celebration, I will actually be there. And one of the things that we're going to be getting is the uh, Jedi Fallen Order panel. So what that's going to be, I don't know. Um, I mean, it looks like it's going to be our first um, look at it. I mean, they're saying that there's going to be some details. I can't imagine that they're not going to show us some sort of gameplay. I mean, what, what do yeah, you that would of? just be weird if they didn't show any gameplay and, you know, it's a panel all about it. Um, now, last I heard, they're still aiming for a 2019 release for this thing. So you would think that by now, kind of like with 
you know, with episode nine, we'd be expecting to see maybe some footage, in this case, gameplay footage, maybe a trailer or something for it as well. Um, something uh, to give us a sense of where things stand, because for a video game development time, they don't really have a whole lot left if it's still going to come in this month. I mean, we, we just entered into April already. We're in second quarter 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that, that's the thing is that they're saying like the only thing they're saying about it is that, you know, we're going to get uh, never before released details. OK, <laughs> like that's cool. Which would be like almost anything. Right. Um, and then, you know, behind that, they mentioned they're like, oh, and then you can try out some other stuff like Galaxy of Heroes, um, you know, uh, Star Wars Pinball or, you know, uh, no, I think that's about it. Those two games. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then, of course, there's the mention of uh, the Old Republic game, which I, I am absolutely shocked that game still exists, to be honest. I, I know there's... It has its fans or whatever, and there's probably people who listen and, and may be upset about that. But the age of that game, the fact that it, it's a um, MMORPG, and the fact that it's basically the only tie to the, um, you know, the Legends content that's still going, I'm just really surprised. But yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of these games though that if you're passionate about it, I think you're really passionate about it. You know. Um, I don't know a lot of people who just dabble in the Old Republic. They either don't play it at all, or they're pretty hardcore about playing it and are still playing it years later. So right. um, it's probably the dedication of the fan base in that sense that really keeps it going. Um, but you're right. You know, this is really the only Legends thing that is still out there, minus them putting out that uh, issue 108 of uh, the old Marvel series as sort of an anniversary of Marvel special coming soon, comic book-wise. Um, there's just not much hearkening back to that other continuity, that earlier continuity at all, except for that. Um, right. So in that sense, when it does end, that's sort of the final nail in the Legends coffin, unless or until they decide to start producing new material for multiple continuities at once. Right. Hashtag bring back Jax. No. The guy from Mortal Kombat? No, the rabbit. I mean, oh, Jackson, yes. And yeah. he will be back. He will be back yeah. in the uh, episode, or yeah, issue 108, we are told. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more for Jedi Fallen Order, uh, at least to know a little bit more about it, since it's gone through so many different, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, we get the rumors about what it is, and then other rumors about what it is, and it just kind of, you know, it'd be nice to have some concrete information about this, especially given that really, I mean, it is the thing to look forward to when it comes to Star Wars video games at this point. Right. I um, mean, because that's there the really thing isn't is, anything else. You know, the idea that, you know, you're going to play this Padawan who survived Order 66 um, and then like his journey from there, I think, you know, I mean, sure, that's it's not a new concept by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a concept that has you know been fun uh i've enjoyed it the multiple times that we we've uh gotten it um back in the the republic comic when it was um uh um oh gosh quinlan voss there we go um you know back when uh it was force unleashed and then also uh the the canaan comic i think that you know, those three times were very good. And so hopefully this fourth time, especially being something where, you know, it's going to be a standalone game. 
I'm excited and, and, and hopeful for it. Play as a Jedi leftover from the Fallen Order. Use a wide array of 30 different Force abilities, five of which are packed in the game, the other 25 of which you must pay through microtransactions <laughs> to use. EA, it's in the microtransactions. Oh, uh, well, there is that. So, look, there's... um. <laughs> I know you've you've got uh, was it an exclusive book one of the books you're wanting me to pick up for you right? Uh, no, actually, it is a game piece, and I'm kind of afraid that 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 you didn't know that. Um, <laughs> no, so um, at Celebration Chicago, they are putting out an exclusive version of Darth Vader for Star Wars Legion. Um, it is the exact same game materials we're being told. The only difference is that it's a different sculpt of the mini. That's cool. Um, Vader comes in the core box normally. Um, but this is a way to get something that's exclusive to Chicago, but at the same time, it's not going to be fundamentally um, changing people's gameplay experiences or something where if you don't go to Celebration Chicago or pay a ton on eBay or something, you'll be at a disadvantage. It's just a, an alternate sculpt, at least from um, the way that they're touting it right now. Um, but, you know, it's it's an exclusive out there, something to hunt down. There are exclusive books and whatnot or exclusive uh, cover versions of books like Master and Apprentice, but I got out of that. I just... After hunting down all the different variants of things like Thrawn back at the previous celebration uh, and a few others, I'm just not into the buying like four or five different friggin' copies of a novel to get all the different covers thing. I'm I'm done with that side of things. Uh, these days, I tend to have a regular copy oftentimes from a review copy that shows up from either Disney Lucasfilm Press or Del Rey, uh, as it did for Master and Apprentice and uh, Alien Archive the other day, and... I'm tending to order my books through Books a Million because oftentimes they have signed copies available. I don't care about variant covers. Give me an autograph of the author. That's what I care about the most. So, well, yeah. That makes um, one of us. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get but, that Master and Apprentice book. May I say, though, that you know, even the luster is coming off of that a little bit. Um, I'm slowly starting to go through my Star Wars book collection and pick out things to sell off as it is shrinking because the space issue is just too big of a pressing issue right now. Um, so some of the weird stuff like Star Wars origami, yeah, that's going to be going out the door. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to the point where what I really care about is keeping the signed stuff and my favorites. And I'm not sure how long this giant Star Wars library of books and comics will remain uh, an intact library. It's just... You know, the interests have, have kind of shifted. I'm focusing on the home video stuff right now. And, oh, my God, it takes up a lot of space. Okay. But that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Yeah, it's starting to sound like a dad now, but I get it. Um, hey, my puns already made me sound like a dad years ago. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> my my thing is, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for those. I my wife and I were just like, eh, there's just not much in you know exclusives in the store that look like something I want. And I was scrolling through, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of neat. Oh, kind of like that. Get to the very last thing, and it's the um, the Lando like vacation shirt from uh, the very last scene of Solo. And I'm like, <gasps> and Christine, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I didn't say anything. She's like, I was waiting to see your reaction to that. So. I, I do have to get that one. That's like one of my uh, top things I got to pick up at Celebration. Very nice. Very nice. Well, have a good time. Of course, we'll expect to, you know, get reports when you come back and everything. We just, even if we didn't have the baby, um, 
we just weren't going to be doing this one. We may do another celebration someday once he's old enough to enjoy it, perhaps. But uh, I'm told that things are going to work a little bit better at this celebration. Things like the panels being set up through lotteries that you do uh, on the app instead of waiting overnight and having no chance in hell of getting into the panel you want unless, you know, at least the big name panel you want unless you were willing to spend the night and stuff like that. Um, so hopefully... If it turns out that this is a much better managed celebration than the one more recently in Orlando, that'll give us some hope for the future because the logistics made it uh, incredibly frustrating when we went um, previously. But we yeah. did have a good time, you know, interacting with people and you know meeting people that I've known online for years and stuff like that. So, um, you know, maybe someday, just not this time for us. But uh, look forward to hearing of your uh, exploits this time around uh, once you get back. Just, um, yeah. Yeah, dress warmly. I would. We just took a trip up to uh, visit my family in southern Indiana, and there was about a thirty degree difference in temperature when we did that from the Excellent. Atlanta area to there. And Chicago is even further north, so you know, great. Bring your jacket. Yeah, I'm. I am not looking forward to that, but eh, I will. <laughs> it'll be what it'll be, right? It's supposed to be spring. What is wrong? All right. But uh, so speaking of spring, um, do you want to delve into uh, news or do you have anything else for celebration? I don't have anything else other than saying, hey, if you're there, don't be afraid to come say hi. If you see me, I'm not I, I mean, I can't promise that I'm going to be anywhere in particular, but, you know, you can always find me on Twitter and be like, hey, where are you going to be? I want to see you. And I'll be like, OK, well, does this seem creepy or not? I don't know. We'll work it out. We'll we'll workshop. You're not on any panels this time, right? No, I'm not. I'm not this year. Um, I I did apply for one and was kind of surprised that it it did not get accepted. Um, I guess maybe we were a little bit late in submitting it, but I thought it was going to be a a great panel and it was going to be called uh, your focus or your collecting focus determines your reality, and it was going to be uh, centered around uh, people who do collecting focuses. Um, for an example, a lot of people, you know, one that's very popular is there's some people that just only collect Boba Fett, you ah. know, and they'll only get things that are Boba Fett. But then the inverse is there's people who they get like, say, the Star Wars pops, but that's it, you know. So right, uh, right. was going to discuss those things. Didn't really get accepted, well, but hey, but if maybe, it helps, somebody also time. put forth a Star Wars home video panel. Uh, Star Wars Home Video collecting panel for the second time because I submitted one last time uh, and it got shot down just as quickly as as last time did. So yeah. you are not alone. <laughs> I forget who did it though off the top of my head. Someone from the Star Wars Home Video Facebook group. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe they've just got all kinds of great things lined up, or maybe they just hate us. We've we've been blackballed. Home video, we don't care. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess the other big stuff recently, aside from Celebration news, is we have had some new releases. Um, the biggest thing from Fantasy Flight has been that uh, X-Wing 2nd Edition Wave 3 is out. And this was the huge wave because this is the wave that introduces two new factions into the game. So now we've got the uh, Rebel Alliance, we've got the Galactic Empire, we've got Scum and Villainy, First Order and Resistance, and now Galactic Republic and the Separatist Alliance. So um, they released, I guess it was uh, eight new products, if you don't count things like the maneuver dial, uh, things that you can get for the faction. So those are out there as well. But we basically got uh, Servants of Strife as a starter pack for the Separatists. That's going to give you two Vulture Droid Starfighters and one, I think it's called Belbelub 
Fighter, which is basically the the uh, soulless one, Grievous's ship from Revenge of the Sith, which is actually kind of tiny, um, gives you those. And just like when you get those conversion kits, you get a ton of upgrade cards. So you have kind of the standard general upgrades that every faction has, plus a few specific ones. Um, those are all packed into Servants of Strife. Then for the Republic, you could pick up Guardians of the Republic that gave you two V-19 Torrent Starfighters and uh, a red-colored, or uh, you could say the Obi-Wan-colored uh, Delta-7 Ether Sprite. The model is a Delta-7A where it has not a full-sized astromech, but just kind of off to the side of the cockpit, there's like the astromech head that's on there, like in right. Attack of the Clones. Uh, but there is an upgrade card that lets you turn it into a Delta-7B, which in the picture at least looks like the ones in the Clone Wars cartoon series where it's the full-size astromech in front of the pilot. Um, and it does change the attributes a little bit because it's a little bit heavier of a starfighter, that sort of thing. So the option is there. It's just a configuration upgrade. Um, then alongside those... They released the also rather large Sith Infiltrator for the Separatist Alliance, although its coloration is kind of surprising to me. It's it's a lot brighter in color than I expected for the Sith Infiltrator Mini, but um, it is now added as one of the larger ships in the game. Uh, so that's with the Separatists. For the Separatists, they also released the Vulture Droid Starfighter by itself uh, with a different paint scheme uh, and uh, Buzz Droids as a deployable type of, uh, I guess it's called a remote in the game, so that's kind of cool. It's not something you can do with just Servants of Strife. Uh, the Sith Infiltrator is able to release the uh, Dark Eye Probe Droids as well. Uh, this is something new they've added into the game. These are uh, remote rules and such, where you can sort of deploy them, and then they are out there acting uh, almost like ships in and of themselves. For the Republic, they also released uh, a, another Delta Seven. this one with the yellow coloration like Anakin's, which includes Anakin as a pilot. Uh, and they released the ARC-170. The ARC-170 was already released for Re for the Rebellion back in 1st edition, and there are conversion kit cards to let you play with it for the Rebels. But now we have a Republic version of it um, with its own pilots and such, which kind of raises the question of whether they are still going to reissue it again as a Rebellion ship to be able to use those cards, or if that's specific to the conversion kit in 1st edition. Um, for Scum and Villainy, they released the uh, Z95 with an alternate paint scheme, and then for the Empire, they released or re-released the TIE Striker. Uh, bear in mind, for any of these re-releases, the prices are tending to go up from the previous releases from 1st edition, usually by about 5 bucks, give or take. Um, just inflation and all that. So, nothing new for 1st Order or Resistance or Rebels, but every other faction got at least one ship, uh, but the focus here was on the Separatists and the uh, the Republic. Personally, um, I think it looks like a pretty sweet setup. Um, they've introduced a new type of upgrade card called the uh, Tactical Relay that has a tactical droid face as its symbol. So we got some interesting new mechanics added into this, but this is a huge wave just in terms of a uh, cost if you're trying to get one of everything, right. but also the sheer number of ships that have been released. Uh, but the V-19s are only currently found in Guardians of the Republic. The uh, Belbelub, the soulless one, only found in Servants of Strife, whereas the Delta-7 and the Vulture Droids, yes, are available individually with different paint schemes. Um, so good stuff for uh, X-Wing 2.0 before we delve into anything else. And these are already out there and available. Right, right. All right. You got anything else for us? Sure. Um, also recently released, we have uh, Orson Krennic and the Death Troopers, both released for Legion. 
which is cool. Um, counterpointing Jin and the Pathfinders that were released recently. Um, we also have new news coming out about Legion that here coming up, I believe it's third quarter of this year. So about three to six months from now, we're going to be seeing a new starter set for Legion, which is about the Clone Wars. So this one will have Obi-Wan, Grievous, uh, Phase 1 Clone Troopers, B-1 Battle Droids, Droid Dekaz, and so on. Uh, alongside that, we will see an expansion, a unit expansion for Phase 1 Clone Troopers, and another unit expansion for B-1 Battle Droids themselves. Um, so those are coming soon. They're going to take some of the upgrade cards that are neutral um, for your uh, various factions and whatnot in Legion and put them together into what's called the Upgrade Card Pack which basically is sort of a, well, if you don't want to buy all the expansions, especially for a faction you're not playing as, hey, here, just buy this, and you've got all these neutral upgrade cards you could use um, that have already been released elsewhere. It doesn't sound like there's anything exclusive to it. Um, we're also learning that there is another Armada product on the way. What? Aside from the Executor. Um, but it's not ships. Okay. It's Rebellion in the Rim. It's another campaign expansion. Okay. Um, remember, the last campaign expansion was not all that amazing i mean it was good but basically all that it does is has you playing on a team and you alternate who is attacking who and yes your ships to a degree carry over from battle to battle and can be um altered from battle to battle but it's basically just a setup in which to play a series of regular armada games until the final one that could be an extra large battle um this one Seems to be going the opposite direction, talking about um, taking advantage of three-by-three playing area um, clashes, uh, which is a smaller setting than we typically would see for Armada. Um, but there's no ships or anything. It's just another of these boxed ones where it's basically, hey, you know, let's let's get some more use out of what you already have kind of thing. Um, and then alongside that, they also announced, they had a lot of announcements all at once on the same day, uh, back on March 28th, but we also found out that uh, that game Outer Rim that's coming soon, that sort of standalone Star Wars game that's coming for Fantasy Flight, uh, the board game, in essence, uh, that one actually has a game mat that is going to be released for it as well. And you know me, I'm a sucker for game mats. That's why I've got a whole <laughs> bunch of skirmish maps that I've reviewed and never actually used sitting in the other room that I really need to sell off or something, although uh, right now they weigh like several of my child. Um, so shipping's going to be ugly. Um, suffice to say, um, Fantasy Flight did put out a whole bunch of new announcements, but notice there are no new announcements for, I mean, no new announcements for X-Wing, but of course they've already announced stuff for X-Wing previously. Um, one new announcement for Armada, but it's just that expansion that's a campaign with no new ships or anything. Um, as far as, uh, Imperial Assault, nothing. Legion got quite a bit of new announcements, uh, no new announcements, at least for Destiny. Um, of course, the LCG is already dead, so you can sort of see where their focus appears to be at the moment, um, as we've talked about before. Though it would appear that, um, I, don't know, I still think Armada kind of feels like it's on life support at right. this point, because still no new ships. But at least there is something else that has been announced. Here's hoping that we get some new announcements out of Celebration about uh, uh, some of these games. Even if it's a firm announcement, say that Imperial Assault is ending, at least it would be something at least we would know for certain right right so yeah we'll see where it goes so you got anything else for us then nope okay nope. I'm done. so then i guess we'll just kind of go ahead and hit our last little tidbit here 
which is, you know, I just thought that even though it's pretty much all, it, it's a rumor that sparked up and then after a couple of days got, mm, I'll say, quote unquote, debunked. Um, but, you know, I think it's definitely worth discussing. And that is that, um, is Lucasfilm Games developing Star Wars games or not? Yay! It's going away from EA! Yeah, not so much. So, well, here's the thing. It's I, I find it interesting because, so there was a, um, where this rumor started was from uh, job listings. And I guess someone saw it and was like, oh my God, this must mean this or whatever. But basically, there were job listings from Lucasfilm for a producer and a brand art coordinator for Lucasfilm Games. So I think at that point, people sort of jumped to the conclusion that that's what that would be. But my question then becomes, okay, well, what is Lucasfilm Games, right? I mean, it's games is is essentially their their product and, you know, Lucasfilm. Well, what does Lucasfilm make? So, I mean, is this, are they, are they just, you know, working on getting out a a Willow masterpiece. Like, is that, you know, can we expect like a um, MMO RPG of the the Willow universe? Like, what what are they what are they doing? Grim Fandango. <laughs> what? A first person shooter version of Grim Fandango. Okay. No. So basically, what it sounds like, um, just looking at the way that this was eventually debunked. So. Um, we had the job announcements come out, and a lot of outlets like IGN and others picked it up and ran with, oh my gosh, you know, they're hiring all these positions for Lucasfilm Games. And they took with that the general dissatisfaction circling around EA and some right. of the, the tension we've heard about with EA and Lucasfilm or EA and Disney as far as the performance of games like Battlefront um, and ran with that and sort of assumed that that must mean if they're staffing Lucasfilm Games, they must be wanting to pull away from EA. Uh, as if Lucasfilm Games was simply LucasArts under a different name, which in essence it could be because, right, LucasArts started out as Lucasfilm Games, right? So the name's kind of back. But apparently what it sounds like is that they're just trying to, to add to their staff at Lucasfilm Games, but that Lucasfilm Games isn't actually a game maker per se, so much as they're kind of like... They're like a liaison group, it almost seems like. Um, uh, basically, what they're saying is that um, uh, they have, that is, Lucasfilm Games, has been working with EA on these Star Wars games since LucasArts itself ended. So it's not a new venture that's all of a sudden getting off the ground or anything like that. It's been around. And it's essentially the coordinator to make sure that, you know, they're doing Star Wars justice or doing Star Wars right. And for whatever reason... Um, th since there may be other Lucasfilm properties that will wind up on the gaming scene, they are staffing appropriately to handle that level of workload. Um, but they describe it as uh, existing and helping to ensure games meet Lucasfilm standards ever since the closure of LucasArts. And may I say, they've been doing a bang-up job so far. <laughs> um, so it, it, the whole idea is that it's just it's not new, right? right. It's basically, it's hiring for positions in an existing thing rather than people, you know, it was portrayed as if this was, you know, Lucasfilm games is launching. Now some sites, sites were referring to it as a new division, which it is not. Um, 
and that somehow this ramp up meant that the partnership with EA was going away. They claim that they are still committed uh, to third party licensed development and still very committed to working with EA. So it looks like that was all kind of a lot of smoke with no fire. Uh, maybe Jar Jar playing with matches. Well, or, I mean, no. the thing is that I, I hear what you're saying. I get it. But I don't, I personally, and, and maybe I'm just, you know, too much of a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but I don't necessarily think that means anything. I, I mean, I get what they're saying or whatever, but they also may not be ready to show their hand. I mean, thinking that, oh, that means that they're totally, uh, you know, they're, they're about to, to start making new games outside of that or whatever. It doesn't mean necessarily that, hey, expect, you know, Lucas uh, film games, games to, to be popping up within the next year. But. I mean, we're approaching, like within the next few years, the, the end of the EA contract, mm-hmm. even though they're not, I mean, of course, they're not going to say that. Well, 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 they sort of, to some degree, they do, because notice they say that they are still committed to working with EA, but they right. say they're still committed to third-party licensed game development. So mm-hmm. just because Lucasfilm Games itself is not a game developer per se, right. doesn't mean they won't change who the third parties are that they're working right. with to develop those games. Yeah. And um, whether it's alongside EA or in place of EA, it doesn't necessarily mean anything in terms of whether or not EA is still going to have the license. It just, it, 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 the way that they're referring to it is this idea that Lucasfilm Games just, it's not, Lucasfilm Games is not what LucasArts was. It's not mm-hmm. making games. Yeah. It's the, the licensing type thing, and it's it's the quality control type thing. It is, in essence, kind of the way that Lucasfilm has its people, uh, like the Lucas Books people, right. working with Del Rey and so on to try to make sure that everything you know is lined up correctly. It doesn't right. sound as though at all we're talking about a company that's actually going to be producing their own stuff. Which, but which maybe maybe the division there, and of... we're we're focusing on third party license development and working with EA. You know, maybe that's a clue. Maybe it's the sense mm-hmm. that those two things aren't necessarily. Um, exclusive it doesn't have to be ea as that third party right i mean because the thing is there i mean it's a situation where it's like oh i'm not lying you know when they're saying that um says the company is still committed to its relationship uh with the game publisher well their relationship is hey for the next like four or five years you're going to be making our games we're still committed to that you know what i'm saying like it doesn't mean that when that contract's up that they're not going to do something else it just means that hey next four or five years we're totally committed and like why would you say otherwise like why would you say um you know years before it ends like yeah i think we're just going to sort of stop working with them or whatever because then at that point what's everybody say they're going okay they've given up on ea so i give up on ea like you just you don't do that so Right, and and there's a legal aspect possibly to it also. Right, right. right. Uh, I mean, I think about you know whether it's uh, some of the Kickstarters that I've been following and some of the news with them, like some of the games coming from Hall or nothing, uh, or just thinking about software platforms and whatnot. Like we use uh, for my work, since I teach online, we have several platforms that we use, and we're looking ahead to what new platforms we might be using in the future. Um, Oftentimes, you you could serve to undermine your current contract or perhaps even put yourself in some type of legal legal or contractual jeopardy if you were to immediately go out looking for something else, looking for some other um, entity in which to make a contract with, right? Like maybe uh, 
you know, you might be considering the idea of, well, maybe we won't use EA in the future, but if you start shopping around the license saying, hey, you know, who's going to pick up after EA, there may be issues with that. If nothing else, there may be a clause in the contract with the EA where they get an ability to still bid on the possibility of being the publisher next time, and you can't undercut that early or something like that. I mean, the con the, the contracts, I would imagine, are pretty complex between yeah. the companies. Um so there's not a whole lot we can take out of this. I mean, the, the only thing we really seem like we can take out of this is what I was saying about just Lucasfilm Games is not LucasArts. Don't expect them to be the big game company. If that but, were to happen, I think that'd be very surprising because it doesn't seem to fit with anything we know about the current Lucasfilm Games, anything we know about why they, they uh, got rid of regular LucasArts, um, and anything about what they've said in these statements looking ahead, even when they haven't spoken specifically about EA, you know? Right. Um, but I think also that's keep in mind the, the big thing. People thinking LucasArts was somehow coming back. No, it's Yeah. Here. Well, but keep in mind, though, that Lucas, um, Lucasfilm Arts, or what, just LucasArts, uh, by the end, it had become less of a developer and more of a publisher. So, yep. Yep. I mean, there's that to keep in mind, too. I'm All I'm saying is be open to the interpretations of what's being said here. Um, I don't, I, I, I think it's clear that, um, well, not maybe not so clear, but I think it's, it's a good chance that what you can take from this is that they're not going to be jumping ship from EA anytime soon. Uh, soon being like in the next few months or, you know, maybe even a year or two, something like that. But that doesn't mean that we may not, you know, it, it, within the coming years that we might not at least see some third-party Star Wars games, which I think is right. absolutely the thing to do. Don't. And I would also, yeah, I would also say that you know, thinking about the way that they worded it, talking about how they want to make sure they have the staff for other Lucasfilm properties that may be turned into games, mm -hmm. right? Um, well, okay, um, but. Keep in mind that they just finished the legal hurdles for the acquisition of all of those Fox Entertainment assets. So if there was anything that Lucas had previously put out that was distributed through Fox that they didn't have the right under Disney for Disney to actually put that stuff out, now it's back under Disney control uh, mm -hmm. because it, it came along with that acquisition. So in that sense, it could be that what they're getting ready for, what they're gearing up for is you know, maybe it's not a Willow game, as you said, but it could be some other previously existing property that they just didn't have the ability to exploit prior to now that now they can. This news could have nothing to do with Star Wars at all and mm -hmm. be all about the Fox Entertainment asset acquisition for all we know. Um, it's just one of these things where the rumor mill got going because of people sort of getting their hopes up of getting away from EA um, without really having more to go with it yeah you know? yeah i mean i would say at the very least lucasfilm needs to at least uh, look at this and understand that this the fact that this rumor has gotten so much traction needs to like they need to understand that oh okay why is it getting so much traction well it, it may have a lot to do with uh fans um feelings on the the current games right now you know and and that's not even to say because i i know it, it comes off like we we bash ea a lot and that might be because we do but 
I'm I am I have no problem with EA continuing to make games. I just feel very strongly that they shouldn't be the only ones making Star Wars games. It would be nice if they weren't the only ones making Star Wars games. I think in this day and age where a lot of times it's about exclusive contracts, I just don't see how that becomes something that we avoid. Right. Uh, um but as long as EA has diverse teams under them, like DICE and, and BioWare and so on, theoretically, we could still have strong games. Or some other company, you know, some other publisher uh, with smaller development groups underneath them. Um, it's a question of balance, right? It's a question right. of, you know, I, I can't imagine the team at DICE or the team at BioWare coming out of the gate with some of the microtransaction-based monetization models um, that EA has forced into a, a lot of different games at this point. Um, so it's kind of one of those things of uh, at what point is the corporate interest, like like Angry Joe, right? I listen to a, listen to and watch a lot of Angry Joe's uh, videos on YouTube, the Angry Joe show. And he actually has a villain that pops up on the show from time to time, dressed up like Cobra Commander from G.I. Joe called Corporate Commander. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always about, you know, let's monetize this. Oh, you want this? Now it's behind a paywall. Ah, 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 that kind of thing. <laughs> um it's a question of taking sort of the corporate commander or the, the corporate side of the interests um, versus the gameplay and game development side and making sure that you get a game that comes out that feels like a complete game and so on. Um, I mean, that's a lot of what played Battlefront 2. I don't think Battlefront 2 would take nearly the flack that it has taken were it not for some of the initial microtransaction controversy and then, you know, the stuff spiraling out of that. Um so it, it, we, we've got diverse developers already. It's just that they're all being published through EA, and that's where it, it, it kind of squeezes through that bottleneck and squeezes some of the life out of it. But I don't know how you get away from that these days unless you're talking small indie publishers, and it's such a big property, I don't see how that gets licensed out to an indie publisher. You know, um, I, think, I think we have to be more on the side of whoever publishes it Keep as much creative control in the hands of the actual developers as possible, and keep the corporate side, the uh, the higher up side that's that's looking at the monetization side, if not out of it, obviously because you know it's got to make money. Um, but at least keep that influence on the gameplay at as as minimum as possible. Right. Um, but and it's, it's a different. You know, it's it's 2019. I don't know how, how we do that. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, just wait and see. Is that is that a thing? Is that a thing today? It's 2019. Instant gratification. No, of course that's not a thing. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all we can do. I was sorry. Okay, my bad. So they don't I mean, call it Waitagram. They call it Instagram. <laughs> Waitagram. Ah, that'd be great. <laughs> that's like the 80s where you had to actually you know take the picture and then take it and get it developed and then bring it and give it to somebody. That's a Waitagram. Yeah. Makes sense. So, man, I mean, I think that's all we got. Yeah, pretty much at this point. Um, hopefully we'll have more gaming news coming out of Celebration, or if nothing else, you can regale us with your tales uh, of fun in Chicago uh, yeah. for those of us who are at home. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to be meeting up with uh, my buddy Eric Pfeiffer from uh, over on uh, the Twin Sons Transmissions podcast, and, you know, maybe we can do like a little... Uh, impromptu thing. I've been wanting to get with him and, and discuss some um, uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes anyway, because it's a game that we actually both play together. And it is fun, in my opinion. I, I actually like it. So, um, not saying that that's going to be what we discuss. I mean, there's 
plenty of other things and, and we'll probably hit, but at the very least, you know, um, we'll see. We'll, we'll try to get something out. It, it may just be nothing. You know, I mean, it's celebration. We, we ain't gots to talk about video games. I mean, it doesn't mean we're not going to, but just wait and see. We'll see how it goes. So, um, yeah, I mean, with that said, Nate, where are all of the wonderful places that you can be found? Well, uh, my book, A Saga on Home Video, can be found on Amazon.com at this point. Uh, you can find my YouTube channel over on YouTube.com slash Chrono Radio. That's C-H-R-O-N-O-R-A-D-I-O, all is one word. Uh, I should have videos up for Krennic, the Death Troopers, and such for Legion, plus all of the Wave 3 X-Wing stuff soon. Um, I've recorded most of it. I just need to edit it since there's so much. I can't just do it in one take uh, for much of that stuff. Um, so that'll be up soon. Uh, of course, other stuff is already on the channel and whatnot. Tons and tons and tons of other stuff. Uh, and, of course, uh, if you want to follow uh, the news of my books and whatnot, facebook.com slash Nathan P. Butler author, all is one word, is probably the best place to look for that. Uh, for news on things like the republishing of Greater Good that will include Echoes, my uh, earlier novella coming up soon, and uh, that sort of thing. And progress on the second edition of A Saga on Home Video. Uh, it's probably the best place to follow that as well at this point. You can also be find that. I can also be found with uh, Mark Herleman on Star Wars Beyond the Films, also at StarWarsReport.com alongside Cloud City Casino. Uh, we've got our uh, year-in-review stuff for 2018 now finally wrapped up. Uh, and Patreon.com slash Nathan P. Butler is where you can find some exclusive stuff from me as well. There you go. That's a lot of places. Did you, did you yes, ever... it is. But if you just remember Nathan P. Butler in most places, you're going to be able to find it. Okay. Most. So uh, I can just be found... Uh, mainly on, I've, I've really let the Instagram go. It's because my phone has been kind of jacked up lately on the, the pictures. They like, I can't focus on things that are close up with my phone. I hate it. I think it's a something with, with the model I have because my wife has a, an older phone that doesn't have that problem. But anyhow, uh, you can still find me over on Twitter. Uh, I pop in there from time to time. It's just at Morris Isley. And then, of course, we have the uh, the Cloud City Casino Twitter page, as well as uh, a Facebook page, and the email. That's that's the other one we have. So you can just find us over at uh, Cloud City Casino at Gmail. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll read your, your email on the show next chance we get. Uh, besides that, you know, you can just find us on, on the different podcatchers and uh, write us a review. Because we've been getting reviews, but it's been reviews where they're just like, eh, this many stars, which is awesome. And I appreciate it, especially because, you know, they've been five stars, but no comments. So how do we know who you are and why you like our show? We don't. So, you know, leave a comment or, you know, if, you, if you've already left the stars, jump on, uh, on the Twitter and be like, hey, that was me. And I'll be like, what's up, friend? Or, or the Facebook page. You can do that one, too, if you don't want to do the Twitter. But... Uh, that pretty much covers everything except for our sign-off, and that is... Let the Wookiee win!
especially if he's going to celebration and gonna like pick you up an exclusive thing that you need. Oh wait, did I just call Michael <laughs> a Wookie? Didn't you cut your hair? I'm not sure that applies anymore. I'm gonna have to come up with a whole new nickname for you, man. Uh, no, I mean it's yeah, I cut my hair like a year ago, so I'm I'm back. So to, you're a Wookie again? Yeah, I'm back to Wookie status. Sweet. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> so basically, the sign off of this show is always let Michael win, huh? I mean, look, I'm not gonna complain with that, right? It's all subliminal. This party's over.